You're listening to Nats Talk on the go, the longest-running Washington Nationals podcast going today. This podcast is proudly brought to you by our supporters club, Nats Talk on the go, special ops. Now, here are your hosts, Joe Drugan and Craig McHenry. Joe and Craig, let's do it. Well, hey there, Craig, and welcome to the postseason. Oh, this is October. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But that's not this year's thing, is it? Or is it just every year's thing? Like, there was a year know. where it was like, this is October. It was like... I don't know. I saw uh, Deadspin did a thing on the Dane Cook ads from way back when. <laughs> nice. Which was just nightmare fuel I did not want to relive. <laughs> I was going to say, back when Dane Cook was a thing. Yeah. You remember that? Yeah. Yeah. Poor decisions. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The with the red socks. This is see. You can't. You can't do this is October as your thing when there's regular season in October. And then the games go to November. <laughs> yeah. It just. It's just not how it works. It can't. It can't work that way. <clears throat> At least it shouldn't work that way. It's true. But postseason baseball, Joe. Postseason baseball is happening. I. It, it, you know, it never hits me until those wild card games happen, and then it's yeah. like, oh, this is going to be fun. Like <laughs> it's real quick. We got some great questions on the wild card, and I yeah. just want to go ahead and dig into the wild card. Let's just go ahead and start right there. Yeah. Like, uh, I know there's been a lot of discussion the past couple of days. Is the wild card the postseason or not? I know you. I think I saw you said it is not in your mind. So, actual postseason. So, I I do think it's the postseason. Okay. So I, I don't subscribe to the fact that it's not the postseason. It is after the season. I understand. Like, it is technically the postseason. My argument was, if the Nationals made the wild card game, and they did not win the wild card game, I would not consider that a season in which they made the postseason. That makes no sense whatsoever. Like, I, I don't have a problem with it being the postseason considered that way. I kind of look at it as a play-in game, like, it's because it's... It's a play-in game. Yeah, I agree. Like, it's a play-in game. It's a like they call it the wild card game, but it's just a one sixty-three or one sixty-four. Hopefully, we'll get that at some point in the future. Um, but like for me as a fan, I will never look back and be like, "Oh, the national." If the Nationals make a wild card game and lose that wild card game, I will never look back and go, "Oh, remember that year the Nationals made the postseason and lost the wild card game because they played one game and then they weren't in the postseason anymore." So, like, it's not, I don't know, I don't think it's that, it's something that I want to look back on fondly. So, like, I don't consider it, like, making playoff baseball. Yeah, I think context is everything. I think history is everything in that kind of situation. I'd say if you had a team, like, I don't know, take the Padres, for example, or uh, a team that's struggled to make the postseason especially of recent years like uh go to a mariners fan uh and put felix hernandez in the wild card game felix hernandez who probably is going to go down as one of the best players ever to not make the postseason right uh put him in the wild card game and tell him it's not the postseason yeah tell a mariners fan that he's never made the postseason you know what that that's an extremely good point that's an extremely good point uh, so, because because if I when I remember going into the 2012 season, going, ooh, it's the first year for the wild card. If the Nationals make the wild card, it'll be amazing. Right. You know, like, and that year, if the Nationals had made that game and lost, 
we would have been through. It would have been unbelievable. You're absolutely right. So yeah. it is it is a playing game, but it is the postseason. Yeah. And yes, no one wants to make it that far, but there are also uh what, twenty other teams right. that would probably rather be doing or yeah, would rather be playing in that game than doing what they're doing at the time. Which is packing for home. Which is golfing. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a really good point. Really good point. I, I Yes, I compl- I agree with you. I totally agree. I I think it. I don't think it is two different thoughts to say it is the it is a play in game, but it is also the postseason. And I think you made a really good argument for that. With that, I I agree. I totally agree with that argument. So, so good that point. all that all being said, brilliant. Oh yeah, it's it's fantastic. It is the best thing that baseball has done in a long time. Baseball's tried a fair number of gimmicks. Yes, this one. This real one good. counts. <laughs> yeah, uh, this one counts. Replay has been a bumbling disaster. Yep, um, many things yep. Uh, have just not not worked at all. Uh, this one has worked immensely well. I agree. The ratings for uh, last night's um, Mets Giants game were the best uh, wild card play in game, whatever you want to call it. Uh, so far, it was a fantastic game. Both the games thus far were amazing. Both won on late, dramatic home runs. Uh, just amazing drama, great games, great pitching. Fantastic to see. I think MLB's really hit a home run <laughs> with the wild card you were, game. You were so close to making such a good argument. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, I love a good pun. It's just it's just fantastic. It's great to see, and it kind of bridges the gap a little bit and adds a little bit more uh, intrigue. Uh, obviously, it adds some more drama towards September. I mean, there were coming into the final weekend, we were talking three and four way ties. Yeah, and that is that makes everyone want to watch. And then another brilliant thing that baseball did is turning that uh, last game of last day of the regular season. Everyone's playing at the same exact time. That that's another great. Thing. That to me, like at first, what at first happened, I was like, "Oh, you're just trying to manufacture something," like like happened the year that we talked about it on the last podcast. But then you think about it, and you're like, "No, that is a great idea because then every team is playing that is within a game or a, a, a game of the team in front of them or behind them or whatever the case is. Nobody knows how it's going to turn out. If you have games starting at one and four, then the, the 4 o'clock game, they know how the 1 o'clock game turned out. It could entirely alter how they play the game or how they view it. If everybody's playing at the same time, it changes the whole dynamic. And I think yeah. I think that was a great change, too. I, I totally agree. Right. And so that's just a couple changes. And uh, it just it made it's just made a lot more excitement into the last little bit of the season. Uh, and these last the wild card games just made things so much fun. Uh, when these would have been just dead days on the baseball calendar as we just waited and waited unnecessarily for the division series to start. We got these fantastic ball games yeah. and between you, you teams trying so hard and Buck Showalter being so stupid. Yeah, that's. I know we have a question on that. Yes. So. Um, uh, it's interesting about the uh, the like the break. I think the break is longer because of the wild card games, but I, there still would be a multi day break in the past. 
So, you know, it might be the day, the break might be one day, maybe two days longer between the series. And it's a long time, but you, as you know, as a sport for baseball, it's just, it's such a net win for them, for the sport because well, people it is. are so into it. But it also, it gives the winning teams, the teams that won their divisions, more of a benefit to winning their divisions. For sure. It gives you an extra day or two of rest so that you can have Max Scherzer pitch on Sunday going for win number 20, which matters to pitchers and matters to things like, I know it doesn't matter for Max Scherzer anymore because he has more money than anyone yeah, ever. He's, he's got his, uh, his final contract, essentially. But it, it matters for things like arbitration. Uh, those kind of things matter. And then it lets the the winning teams set up their rotations. Max yeah. Scherzer is going to pitch game one. He pitched the game 162, and he's going to pitch game one. So it gives the teams that ra- that wrapped up their division. Uh, and Madison Bumgarner now can't pitch game one for the Giants. He, exactly. So, so like, that that's puts a them disadvantage. A disadvantage. Them, it should disadvantage them as well. Exactly. So it makes uh, makes things a little bit uh, more. Uh, I mean, fair is not the right word, but it does give a benefit to winning the division, for sure. which is should be the goal. For you know, sure. you don't want to squeak in and. and you're guaranteed that, to get a so. five-game series to start, you so, know, yeah. the, rather than having one game, which is also an advantage. Yep. So uh, wild card games were both fantastic. I, I enjoyed the hell out of them. I so. agree. I agree. They've been, they've been really, really good. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. But now as we approach the weekend, it's about to be what's become an every other year tradition in D.C. where, you know, the Nats are going to have home field advantage in the NLDS. On an even year, it's every it happens every uh, every couple of years. Um, it, it, man, I I don't think it hit me that it was coming until yesterday when I was watching the 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 Mets Giants game on on Wednesday, and I was like, oh, we're about to start this. <laughs> I, I think it hit me like an hour and a half ago. Yeah, yeah, it's it's. Postseason baseball is just so nerve-wracking, and it's you know I tweeted about it on you know right before Game One Sixty Two, and you know kind of talked about how the end of the postseason, the end of the regular season, and how it's so it's just deflating. Your whole schedule, like my whole schedule, is based around when baseball games are happening, basically for six months, and then you know when that change happens, it, it really is. Uh, it's jarring and it's hard to adjust to it. But then when postseason, when your team is in the postseason, and there are these other great postseason games happening, uh, unlike the early game on Thursday where the Rangers tra- uh, got killed. But um, the when you're going in, your team is playing on Friday, and you're going into a matchup of Scherzer versus Kershaw, and which is going to be the best pitching matchup of the postseason. I don't think there's any other matchup that could compare to that. Cindergard Bumgarner was pretty damn good. Pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. Um, there, there, uh, there. Are, all, all I'll say is there are more Cy Youngs between the guys pitching on Friday than there were between the guys pitching on Wednesday. This is true. Um, there are a, a few of them. Uh, maybe more being added. Maybe almost, more almost being certainly added. more being added this year, but we'll see how that ends up going. But um, there's a lot to talk about going into this series because. I think in the beginning of September, 
late August, the way the Nationals were going, you had to look at the Nationals and go, they're probably going to be the favorite to win the division series, and I don't think that's the case anymore. No, not so much. Uh, do we want to go straight into the preview, or do we want to make everyone wait a little bit longer? Whatever you go want. With our... You do the thing. You decide. I kind of want to make everyone wait a little bit right. longer. There you go. Let's let's make it wait that a little bit. I, I kind of want to make everyone wait a little bit longer, and I'm kind of enjoying the the drama of okay. it all. Okay. Um. So we talked a little bit about wild card. Uh, let's talk about the the other series just a little bit. Just right, a little just bit. a little bit. All right. So we talked about uh the the game earlier on Wednesday where the Rangers got absolutely trounced by the Blue Jays. Uh, game one. What is your prediction for that series? Uh, I think the Rangers are going to come back and win it. Uh, in? I th- in five. I have the exact same prediction. Of course you do. Yeah. I If we have the same ones, I'm just going to probably be like, yep, that's not a surprise. But, go. okay, great. So we've, we've both got the Rangers in five. Great. So uh, next up, looks like we've got the Red Sox versus the Indians right now. Game one is on. Uh, what's what, what say you for this series? I want uh, Cleveland to have a thing happen. So I'm gonna yeah. say I'm gonna say uh, Cleveland also in five. This is my upset special. Cleveland in five. Shut up. This is my. I literally have <laughs> Cleveland over Boston in five upset special. Right of course, now. of course you do. Yeah, okay. this is my upset special. And just so um, everybody that's listening knows, we made an effort to not talk about any of our predictions at all before we made them. We did for, not say for a this word. lineups, anything. We didn't talk about nothing. Anything, so. Nothing. Um, okay, uh, going to the north side of Chicago. Yeah. This one, I, I know we both have the Cubs winning. Of course. Uh, how many games? Cubs in four. Cubs in four. Yes. And then uh, DC. I, I, I gotta say, I really wanted to do Cubs in three, and I was really thinking about it. Um, but Madison Bumgarner. The only game Madison Bumgarner is going to pitch again. So the, uh, the only game they're going to win is Bumgarner. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so I said that to uh, a friend last reason. night. So only reason. And then we'll do our uh, official Nats predictions at the end, I guess. Okay. Yeah. So of course we had the same exact predictions. Great. Yes. Of course. Shocking. Fantastic. Okay. So I guess we'll get to the Nats now. Okay. Just... Fine. Arm arm twisted to get to some some Nats conversation. So. Okay. Great. With the series coming up, I seeing Scherzer and Kershaw on Friday is going to be like I think you tweeted about it being like a uh, total total reverse lock. Like it's going to be end up being like an eight to seven game or something like that. Yeah. Like it, it always, it definitely feels like that. But at the same time, I think, I think coming into the series, I think we're talking about, correct me if I'm wrong. This is the first time nationals have not had made the playoffs and not been the number one seed. Correct. I believe that's true. Yeah. Um, I know 2012 was kind were. of a, a the, strange year and they had the best record in baseball that year. They had the best record in baseball, but they opened on the road. Right, because that's the year that they changed the schedule because of the wild card, and they played the two games away and then three games home. In right, which screwed them over. Oh, yeah, totally did. No question. It's, um, a, it's bizarre. Yeah, very, very strange. Although they did win one in St. Louis. But still, they never kind of settled down after that, uh, after that first game. So... Um, it's kind of, it's a very interesting situation, but, uh, that game one is just going to be so interesting because the 
biggest knock is Clayton Kershaw is a different pitcher in the postseason. It seems like that's been the case, and I, I, I try not to put too much stock into that because it's also a sample size issue. I mean, well, it's I I looked at numbers, right? I looked at a lot of numbers, and this is a I'm gonna I'm gonna throw some simpler numbers out here, not to get too crazy. He's a 2.37 ERA pitcher career in the regular that's season. Insane, but go it's ahead. nuts. Go ahead. He, he has 64 innings in the postseason. Yeah. So that's not. It's a small sample su- size. It's small. It's not super small. No. Yeah. I it's mean, small. It, that's that's what a, a third of a season. Uh, four point five nine. It's not good. Four point five nine ERA. His WHIP is around one during the regular season. One point one in the postseason. He gives up uh, half a homer per nine. He gives up more than one home run per nine in the postseason. Right. He gives up an extra walk per nine in the postseason. He actually strikes out an extra batter per nine in the postseason. So more walks, more home run, double the home runs, and two more runs per nine innings, essentially. So something's going on with Kershaw. Sample size is obviously an issue, but... You got to figure by this point. I mean, Kershaw's been in the playoffs. I mean, the Dodgers have been good for quite some time. Yeah, they've been they've certainly been competitive for a while. Um, so, on the flip side, I think there's an argument to Kershaw missed months during the regular season with injury this year, um, and I think that's a factor. And I don't think it's a factor that's a negative for him. It's not a year that he's going into the playoffs having thrown 220 innings during the regular season. It's it's a year where he's been able to go in and say, okay, I I'm my innings are significantly lower in the past, and I I I think that could work to Kershaw's advantage, to be honest. It's entirely possible it could, and uh, just another thing, uh, I believe I want to say I can't remember the number off the top of my head. I want to say it's maybe FIP uh, gone down every single year of his career, something insane like that. Yeah, I mean um, his. It's gone down. It, it it ticked up in 2015, but okay. it was sub two. Yeah, he's <laughs> so. I mean, he's he's, a, he's the best pitcher in baseball. He's one of the best pitchers of all time. Yeah, he's he's amazing and he's very very good. But you gotta hope that something's in his head a little bit, and that uh, hopefully being in front of a raucous crowd, and uh, you know that Max Scherzer's going to be out there stalking around the mound, and uh, hopefully something gets and. Uh, Scherzer gets a gets an early lead, and you know what can happen. So yeah, it, and you have to you have to look at that matchup and say you have to do damage. I don't know if you have to do damage early on. I mean, well, the good news is, like we've talked about this before. Yes, the Nationals have to face off against Clayton Kershaw, but the Dodgers have to face off against Max Scherzer. Yeah, it's not like it's a, a significantly better situation for the for the Dodgers to be in. It's not in in any way. It's a, it's a definite net disadvantage for both teams. That it's it's extremely good starting pitching. So um, I think going into the series, though, the point that I was trying to make about the I, I looked up while you were speaking to confirm this is the first year the Nationals have made the postseason without having the best record in the National League. So the Nationals are. This is the first time they're not playing the wild card team. They're playing a team that has the same time off as they uh, that as they have. 
And a team that I think, on paper and with everything going on, I think it's the most even matchup that the Nationals have had yet in the postseason. Um, I just think that the Dodgers and the Nationals are on very similar playing fields as far as the talent, as far as pitching talent, as far as bullpen talent, as far as offensive talent. Now, the Dodgers are obviously very left-handed heavy. The Nationals are fairly left-handed heavy with their star hitters. Um, But I think that we're going to be looking at a series that is going to be... The vast majority of of national writers have the Nationals losing to the Dodgers. Um, And we'll, like we said, we'll get into our predictions a little bit later on about the series. But I don't think... There's any way that it happens quickly. I think it's going to be a grudge match between the two teams. I think they're really, really evenly matched. I don't think there's any team that that can claim an advan- a significant advantage really anywhere, except for maybe in the Dodgers' starting rotation. Right, and there's a lot of... Uh, you usually see a lot of wildcard teams take out the top seed because they're playing meaningful games all the way up until the end of the season. Exactly. And... They don't have that lull. They don't have time to rest. And if they're, they're playing staying. a team like the Cubs, who, who locked up the postseason three and a half weeks ago, it's a you're, it's a different kind of team. Exactly. So it's uh, it's going to be interesting to watch. It's going to be a fun first game. Uh, I know that I'm super looking forward to going to my first playoff game ever. Is this really your first one? Yeah, I didn't realize that. Yeah, it'll be my first one. Very exciting. I'm I'm really excited. I'm excited to go back and hopefully change my playoff luck around. Yeah, I think everyone wants to do that. I guess yeah. I'm the good luck charm. There it is. That's what we need to happen. We need we need Craig to get to a playoff game so the Nationals can just keep doing all the winning. I agree. Um, so do we want to talk a little bit about what our predictions are for the 25-man roster, and then talk a little bit about what we would like to have happen on the 25-man roster? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Uh, So we released our 25-man rosters on the Twitter earlier today. As we kind of saw that the Nationals were starting to, and Dusty was starting to leak some things out, we were... We panicked. And we were planning on releasing it today, but we also wanted to make sure that it wasn't like, oh, they just said the things that the team said. We'd been working on our our lineups since our show last week. So yes, um, I actually, uh, and this is uh, full disclosure. Joe texted me, I believe it was Monday. And he said, Hey, do you want to know who my last two out were? Yeah. I said, no. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. We didn't talk about it at all. That's true. You totally shut me down. Totally shut me down. Yeah. Um, so uh, if you saw, we uh, Craig retweeted them from the Nats Talk on the Go Twitter account. So if you want to go check out our, our our predictions in print, that's or digital print, that's where they are. Um, we're shockingly we're pretty close. Uh, we both had the starting rotation as Scherzer, Roark, uh, Geo, and Joe Ross. Now again, these are predictions, not what we want. I want to clarify that from the beginning. Um, and did we have the same bench, Craig? I don't remember. If we we had the exact same bench. Okay. Lobatone, Revere, Drew, Heisey, Defoe. Yeah, so we both predicted that, and uh, Dusty rewarded us with saying that Defoe would be this one of the surprise picks of the postseason roster. But everybody said it was a pretty big surprise or kind of alluded to the fact that it was a pretty big surprise. Is it that surprising? With I the, think it is that surprising. With um, the way that Defoe's been playing, it just felt not that surprising. 
I think he has been playing really, really well. Um, but when you think Dusty Baker, you kind of think veterans. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, that part I agree with. And that's and, a huge part of the reason why I have Heisey on there. Yeah, and players that have been with the team all season. And I think uh, based on our predictions, you're going you're gonna to see a player that has been with the team all season not make the postseason roster. Right. Um, and But with Heisey, I mean, he's been incredibly productive off of the bench. Agreed. He has been exactly what the Nationals want out of a bench player. And the only he, valid right-handed bat out there. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he's to play the outfield. He has had sufficient. He has had not sufficient. What's the word I'm looking for? He has had adequate defense right. when called upon, uh, and he's been a great, great pinch hitting uh, specialist. Home runs when you need them, hits when you need them. He's done exactly what you want out of a, a, a bench a bench bat. So I don't think that's a problem at all. But with uh, Wilmer Defoe you get that infield defensive replacement uh, with just – he can play anywhere in the infield and do it incredibly well. And He's, he's going to shore up the defense. And he's got way speed better. that Murphy does not have right now apparently, which yes, is going to be important. He's got the speed. He can be, uh, he can be a, an eighth inning down by one, uh, get a runner on with one out, steal second base. Yeah, for sure, he and, can, and and then stay he, in and be a, pin, a defensive replacement. He can be that guy. Yeah, so for sure, think it's a. Uh, I, I think it's kind of. I think we talked about it early in the year. It's kind of where we envisioned Trey Turner to be before Trey Turner became the best player on the team. Entirely possible. <laughs> uh, I, I like. I kind of envisioned that to be true, and now, but now you know Trey Turner is obviously going to be starting, so right. Um, it's going to be. It's going to be a little bit different. Yeah, so I'm not too surprised with Defoe. Um, so yeah, that's a that's a good one. Heisey definitely, definitely, definitely we, there. We both picked Revere over Taylor and Goodwin, which I guess yes. are the only two valid other options. And my reasoning behind that was exactly what you said about Dusty. He's been the guy that's been here all year, and he's a left-handed bat, and he just should be the guy. That was kind of my thought process there. Yeah, I put Taylor actually as one of my last two out. Right, which um, I was surprised by. Yeah, well, strictly because I, I had trouble with uh, Revere or Taylor, just because I think you get more with Taylor, potentially. Right. I think the the bell curve with Michael A. Taylor is a lot wider right. than with Ben Revere. You, get, you can get a lot more, but you also can lose a lot more. Yeah, that's an extremely think, good point. I think Ben Revere is a much more known quantity. You're not going to get as much, and, but you're definitely, definitely not going to lose as much. And I think having that known quantity is way more important uh, when you're in the postseason. And just having that security is much more important. Because uh, if for some reason Ben Revere needs to play some center field, uh, say, for instance, Ryan Zimmerman gets hurt, uh, Daniel Murphy has to play first base, Trey Turner has to play second base. Ben Revere has to play center field. I trust Ben Revere in center field a hell of a lot more than Trey, than uh, Michael A. Taylor. I, I I totally agree with that. You you if you could put Ben Revere in left field or something like that based on a situation, it's fine. But you can't bet on that's the situation that's going to happen. You have to you you have to figure. Or I'm sorry, Taylor in left field or something like that. You have to 
you, you want the consistency in the playoffs because the sample size, as we talked about earlier, is just too small. You can't hope that you get the flash in the pan from the guy because it could also be the thing that costs you your postseason right. run. And he, I think he was banged up somehow, something banged up. Who, Taylor? Taylor. Oh, okay. Well, maybe. Um, anyway, uh, he was one of my last out um, as well. So, yeah, I think we had the bench the same. My lineup was not in a lineup order. I just kind of threw it down there. Yeah, I'm, mine was in a rough lineup order. I think, I, I mean, I, it, it was the same also, sh- shockingly. Yeah. Um, I, I have Turner Worth, Murphy, Harper, Rendon, Zimmerman, Espinosa, Severino. And I think that's the the rough order. I think you could switch Espinosa and Severino. But other than that, I think that's the order. So let's talk about Severino as starting catcher, which actually Dusty Baker confirmed, uh, which we actually you and I both had before was announced. Exactly. Um, the the only concern that I Severino we talked about last week is the superior catcher to Jose Lobatone. I don't think there's too much question about that. The only question that I had was, did Max Scherzer have enough time working with him to feel comfortable having him catch him? That was my only thing because whatever. Whatever Max Scherzer said was going to go. If Max Scherzer said, I want Jose Lobaton to catch me, Jose Lobaton was going to start game one. I don't think there was any question about that. Um, but I guess that whatever ended up happening, Severino and Scherzer have been able to get on the same page and they're going to pitch together. And I think just the net advantage there is significant. I mean, yeah. sig- I, I think it was hard for Dusty or Rizzo or anybody else to look past the fact that Lobaton is nursing an injury and... Severino is a better hitter and a comparative play caller and a comparative defensive player and has a good arm. And it's like, so what, what are you getting from Lobatone here? Right. Honestly, I, it was, it would be silly to be the other way, to be totally honest. Yeah. I, I, I like the call. I think Severino is going to make an impact. Uh, I think, so I, think I, I really like it. I think uh, he's naive enough to, not know what's going on. Yeah, I think that's a that's a valid point, right? Yeah. It's a big stage. Yeah. yeah he doesn't know any better. Yeah. Except for to be that good with... I can't wait to keep tweeting his head nod gif that I made. Nice. Oh, I love that guy. It's just... Uh, okay, so we disagreed on one thing. Yep, one thing. One thing only of 25 people. Uh, I had AJ Cole. You had Matt Belisle. Why did you have Matt Belisle? And I'll tell you why I had AJ Cole. <laughs> I had Matt Belisle because I feel like a couple of weeks ago, I, or a week or a week or so ago, I heard Dusty Baker say Matt Belisle's in the bullpen. <laughs> that was really my only reason. That was, that was your reason. That was that was my reason. Matt, do you know how many times Matt Belisle's pitched in the last four weeks? Uh, one time because we talked about twice. It twice. Oh yeah. Twice. Well, oh that's right. He came in after we recorded the podcast last week. Yeah. And it was apparently he had some sort of soreness going on, which is why he hadn't pitched in so long. But it, it, if he was healthy, there wasn't any doubt to me that Matt Belisle was going to make it. So I think that yeah, that's why I picked him. Why did you pick Cole? I picked Cole solely for uh, just because Matt Belisle has not pitched but twice in four weeks and I don't want to see someone that's only pitched twice in any sort of pressure situation whatsoever. And I think every single situation in a postseason is a pressure situation. Look no further than when, uh, the blue Jays were up 10 to one in the ninth inning with two out with one out 
and uh, the Blue Jays made a pitching change. Uh, yeah, right. I think every situation is a pressure, pressure situation in the postseason. I completely agree, uh, yeah. So I don't want to see Matt Belisle in there when he has not had any game experience in four weeks, really. Yeah. Because the two pitching appearances he's had have both been before the sixth inning. Right. That is nothing. In September, there's been no pressure, really, on the Nationals. They've pretty much had things sewn up, sewn up all yep. month. So I don't think he should be there. I have AJ Cole in there. His numbers have not been great. Yeah, I think I said but, two two or three weeks ago on the show that I thought there was a chance Cole could make it. That, but that for me was before Joe Ross got healthy. Right. That, that was and that was my thing. My concern is partially because of Joe Ross. Yeah, sure. Uh, I think that the Nationals have really found something uh, with the Joe Ross Ronaldo Lopez uh, piggyback. Yeah, totally. That's re- that really worked for those last two Joe Ross starts uh, of the regular season. And I think Dusty Baker's kind of counting on that. I think that's going to happen in Game 4. I think, I think it's almost a lock that happens in Game 4. I think it's a lock that happens in Game 4, which means who is the Nationals' long reliever? Yeah. No one. Yeah. It's A.J. Cole. Yeah. Yeah. So... That's the point. only reason. No one else. There's no one else there. There's no one else that I would really look at in that bullpen people that, that could, could go. People that could do it in our bullpens that are the same. Sammy Solis, which you don't want because you want him no, to be your left-handed guy. And because he just came back from injury. Good point. And Blake Trinan, who has done it in the past, but that's not what he does anymore. And he's really good at what he does now, which is he needs to be in high. He needs to be in high leverage. High, high leverage against right-handed batters. That's where that's where Blake Trina needs to be. So, so uh, I it's think, a valid point. I think with how we've seen Cole deployed lately, uh, and getting that spot start in Pittsburgh in the last week of the season, I think uh, it's a tremendous amount of trust shown by Dusty Baker and the organization that he is going to be a major piece uh, into the postseason. So I think he's going to make the roster. Interesting. I'll be very interested. To- Interested to see how that how that turns out here in the next. Well, got to be soon. In the next, got to be tomorrow 12, by ten a.m. So within the next twelve hours of this recording, it, we'll, we'll know. We'll know. Um, so yeah. Anything else on our predicted lineups? I don't think so. Uh, what was my last out? I think did I have Belial as my last out? Uh, I could pull it up here real quick. Let's see. Okay, yeah, Belial was my last out, and for those reasons. Um, my last two in, I had Ronaldo Lopez and uh, Revere. So my last two in, I had Lopez and Defoe. Um, you know, I think that Lope, it was hard for me to pick a pitcher. I could have gone with a lot of pitchers for my last in. I could have gone with uh, Lopez. I could have gone with Belial. Could have gone with Solis, except for he's a lefty, so that was less compelling. Um, for hitter Defoe, I don't think there was much question that he was the last one, and all those other guys are pretty close. But Revere also, too, would would have been a close one. And my last two out, I had uh, Sean Burnett because uh, I was hoping for that fourth lefty. We need another. We need more lefties. Got to yeah. have more lefties. Like and, we, like we said, this is what we think is going to happen, not what we want to ex- happen. Exactly. And then uh, Goodwin uh, for the same. Goodwin had a really good September, and I think, yes, he did. And I think that uh, if he has the September that he had in October, then he's a much better option than Ben Revere. Absolutely. So, 
Uh, on that note, you want to talk about what we want? Uh, I want Sean Burnett. Yep. I want I want all of Sean, the lefties. Sean Burnett, and who would you remove from your predicted lineup? Uh, or bullpen, geez. excuse me. Who would I remove? I wouldn't take Odalis Perez because he's a lefty. Yeah. I would probably take out Cole just because more lefties. Yeah. I w- and I don't care because I just want lefties. For me, it would be Burnett and I'd, I'd pull Belial because Belial's a dude. Yeah. That, that, I mean, that, so we're removing the one thing that we had different. The, the one that we in. disagree. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I saw that uh, James O'Hara had tweeted about put, even he would even throw Matt Grace in there as, an, as, yeah, a, I as would, a fifth lefty. I would, I would honestly, I would consider, like, we, we both discussed last week at length, you know, going with a bullpen of lefties. Yeah. Of, and I take Joe Ross out of there. That that would be I could see an argument to uh, put Matt Grace in there if Joe Ross does not make the postseason roster. Yeah, that would I be mean, that would be the one way that I could see Matt Grace being a valid option is if Joe Ross doesn't make it. Yeah, yeah, because Gra- and, and then and then you you do a pull, you do a bullpen game four. Yeah, and you probably have Sammy Salee start or something like that, and you figure it out from there. Exactly. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, and what other changes would you uh, would you want to see based um, on our, our predicteds? I would probably put Goodwin in there instead of Revere. Yeah, that, that's my big one. Goodwin instead of Revere, uh, for sure. Um, I I would definitely have Severino starting. Yeah, um, I like that very 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 much. Yeah, but other than that, uh, I would probably have. I don't know. I uh, probably. I, I, like I said, I'd probably have Geo start game one. Would you really? I, I know we talked about that before, but man, that's just so bold. I actually might have him start game two. Uh, and I think that's the only reason that Dusty hasn't released who's going to be starting game two. Is... Yeah, I'm sorry. Okay, hold on. I, yes, I did say Odalis Perez. I meant I didn't mean oh, Odalis Perez. I totally missed it. Oliver Perez. You won 2006, Oliver. man. Well, okay. I'll, I'll explain later in the show why I said Odalis okay, that, Perez. That's, that's fine. Um, the, There's the, a reason. The one other thing that both of us, not only did both of us leave off of our 25-man predicted rosters, but we left it off our last two out is Clint Robinson. Clint Robinson. Why yeah. Why did you leave him? Why did you not even put him on the cusp? Why is he not even in the realm of making your 25-man predicted roster? He is a mediocre defensive first base only left-handed hitter who does not have an extra base hit since before the All-Star break. Yeah. That's why. Yeah. It's the same reason for me. It's mostly, I wouldn't mind him being on the roster if he could do anything else competently. Right. He cannot. He, no. The worst case scenario is that the Nationals, for half of a game, somebody gets hurt. The only scenario in which you would want to have Clint Robinson there is if Ryan Zimmerman got hurt. And if Ryan Zimmerman gets hurt, Daniel Murphy's going to move to first base. Trey Turner's going to go to second base, as we talked about earlier. Uh, ben is going to play center field. And then they're going to remove Ryan Zimmerman from the roster, and they're going to put Clint Robinson on it. So it's really not going to make a difference in any way. And then he's going to be on the roster. He's not going to start. No, he's just going to be there as a backup. And Daniel Murphy, th- exactly that setup is going to happen. Right. Um, so I, I don't. I cannot see a compelling reason for Clint Robinson to make the team. I see no reason the for only, him to be there I, at all. I was tweeting about it earlier um, that the only reason I think there's a chance is what we talked about was Dusty's loyal to veteran guys. And 
despite the fact that Clint Robinson's like a is in his third year at thirty something years old. He is one of those guys that's been around for a while, and I think it'll be hard for Dusty to leave him off. But I think he's going to. I really do think he will. I think. Dusty I think. Has I shown... think that's the. I think that's the defo. Yeah, I think so too. I think that is the defo surprise, as it were, that Clinton Robinson's not going to be on the team, and I think some people are surprised about that. But I don't think it should be surprising. Right. I think all. that's a. I think it's a very smart move. But I mean, what? What is Clint Robinson's value? I mean, he's a left-handed pinch hitter. Yeah, which he, and if you we we talked about uh, Chris Heisey's value. Yeah, he can come off the bench and he can get a double. He can hit a home run and, off of the bench. And if you just, he's done it what six seven times this year, he's he's got some pinch hit bombs this year. He's and, been fantastic. Completely agree. And if all you want is a left-handed pinch hit option and nothing else, Brian Goodwin's a better option. So right. I, I don't I don't see any because he could also go in and run or play defense somewhere. Like he's he's far more versatile than Clint Robinson. Clint Robinson just isn't that guy. He's not so, a guy that belongs on that postseason roster. I don't think. Yeah, but I, I want to say it's July eighth was the last time. I, that was the number that stuck in my head. So I think you're right. That Clint Robinson actually had an extra base hit, like not even a home run. Like Ryan Zimmerman has run into home runs since then. I want to say Ben Revere has hit a home run since then. Yeah, that's pretty. That's tough. <laughs> that's that's tough for a guy who's a quote unquote power hitter. Um, so I think we're to the point where we're going to make a few more predictions before we get to questions. Um. So who is going to be your player of the National League Division Series for the Washington Nationals? Oh, we did this part. Hold on. Okay, so this is, what was this, player or player of the series? Player of the series. Uh, Trey Turner. Oh, stop doing that. Uh, yeah. All, all, my, that was also my answer. Uh, you know what? No, I'm going to stick with it because I think that's actually the answer. I think uh, it's got to be the answer. Yeah. He's he's the, the difference maker. The defense is there. The speed is he's he's a table setter. Yep. The speed is going to make it happen. The defense is going to make it happen. Yep. And I think he's going to have a not so sneaky pop homer. And he's the number one and number two NL rookies of the year are going to be in that game. So I think it'll be cool. Yeah. Um, pitcher of the series. It's Scherzer. He's going to pitch twice. Yeah. And he's going to be amazing. I, I'll, I am going to. How can it be anyone else? Yeah. I, I don't know. On the Nationals. How, yeah. On the Nationals, it can't be anybody else. That's it the problem. That's yeah. the problem with a five-game series. It can't be anyone else. Yeah. It's, it's whoever pitches first. It's Tanner Roark or it's, it's Max Scherzer. Those yeah. are your choices. Ro- Roark is going sorry. to be my other option, but it's, it's Scherzer. I mean. It's, it's, those are your choices. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a five-game series. Like, yeah. That's the way. It's the only way it works. Seven-game series changes things. Yeah. <clears throat> so who's going to be your surprise player of the series? It's going to be the same as yours. It's Ryan Zimmerman. Ah, all right. Hey, That's, we got a different one. We're going to, we're going to be a little different, finally. Uh, it's going to be Pedro Severino. Hey, all right. I like that one. I think it's Ryan Zimmerman because uh, nothing, and I mean nothing, is expected of Ryan Zimmerman. Yeah, it's a good point. He is hitting, what, seventh? Or six, seventh? Probably sixth, sixth now. Sixth? Yeah, because then Espinosa and Severino will hit behind them, so probably sixth. Sixth, yeah. Uh, nothing is really expected of him right now. Right. Um, he is, and uh, it, it, it pains me to say it, he's an afterthought in this yeah. lineup. Yeah, you're uh, right, he is. Behind everyone else. 
So he's going to take this opportunity and he's going to have a at least two big hits. Nice. I like it. I like it. That's a good prediction. That's that's a prediction that warms my heart. That's a surprise. That is a surprise. Uh, who would who will be your surprise pitcher of this series? Geo. Nice. You think he's going to do it against the lefties? I think he's not going to fall apart. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's the standard. I think he's going to be a competent pitcher. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say uh, Joe Ross is gonna do more than we expect. So right. I'm, I'm that's gonna, awesome. I'm gonna go with Joe Ross uh, and. The, that Ross Lopez combination, I think we're definitely going to see, like like I like we talked about earlier. But I think Joe Ross is going to just he's going to we're going to see him, you know, four or five innings. But we're going to see what we would expect to see from Joe Ross's stuff in general. Uh, awesome. And then I think that's it, except for we've got to predict the series before okay. we get to questions. That's in five. Yeah. That's in five. I, I said on Twitter that the Dodgers are going to win just because I need to protect myself and my emotions. Yeah, I, I've gone back and forth on this. I'm having a lot of trouble making that prediction. I gotta, I'm got i going to say Dodgers in five. Yeah. Um, I, and I, I, I hate myself <laughs> because I'm trying to not go down that path. I, I, like I said, if the state of the Nationals were the way that it looked the way that it did at the beginning of September – I would have. I would probably have said Nats in four. Uh, I just can't say that anymore, and I want to desperately be wrong. And you are permitted to at me uh, nice. because I feel terrible even saying it. But it's it's what I think, unfortunately. Uh, all I right, think they get off the Schneid. I oh, think it happens. God, I hope so. Oh God, I hope so. You gave me chills saying it, so I hope you're right. Uh, all right, let's let's go to them questions. Uh, first one from Fang. Oh, dem golden slippers. Nice, thank you. Uh, what do you What do you think is harder, ball play or handshakes? The hustle line dance or the hustle partner dance? I've always wanted to do the ball player handshakes. Yeah, me too. So I'm gonna say that. Yeah. Because I think it's not just doing it. I think it's coming up with it because there's some serious creativity and yeah. the coordination is wow. I mean, is wow. It, some it of on, it is impressive. Is it on fleek. It is somewhat. There is some fleekitude there. Yes. I don't. Is that a thing that I get that? Right? No. Okay. No. No. Uh, uh, no. Thirty fours Pompadour wants to know: Should the Nats have Joe? Fear? Is Joe is not woke? No, I, I am not woke. That is totally true. Thirty uh, fours Pompadour wants to know: Should the Nats have three or four left-handed pitchers in the pen? Uh, is the choice that uh, is that choice a fourth left-handed pitcher versus Belial, or is the choice a fourth? Le- Fourth left-handed pitcher versus second long relief. That's a good question. They should have five. Yeah, I think there should be. <laughs> they should have five. I, I'm. I think there should definitely be four. I do not think three is enough. For me, it was replacing that fourth with Belial when we did our predictions, and for the fourth, Craig's was replacing Cole, which would be second long relief. So I think we kind of hit both of those honestly uh, with that question. Yeah, uh, Craig. Man, uh, speaking of. Uh, things that are woke and or lit progressive field right now. Oh, I know. I, I'm trying to not watch it out of the corner of my eye so I could actually read these questions, but things are happening. See, Joe's the professional one. So I, I do, See, that's what, one of these weeks I'm making you read these questions. Okay. Uh, 
Craig, Craig Stevens says no Robinson question mark. Yeah, we, we hit that a little bit. Uh, we just, I don't think it's the thing. I don't think no, it's the uh, thing. I, someone please tell me why Robinson. Like, yeah, I, I, I can't I've already see gotten people argument. saying no Robinson, no Robinson. Tell me why Robinson. Yeah. Give Bes- me a reason. Give me a legitimate reason Besides why Besides he's a lefty that could back up Ryan Zimmerman. Yes, please. Yeah. I can't, I cannot see a valid reason. Uh, Question from Fang. What Washington, D.C. area celebrity would you like to see throughout the first... Would you most like to see throughout the first pitch? Um, wow. Yeah, good question. And I like all, this one. And also least like to see throughout the first pitch. Uh, I would most like to see myself do it. <laughs> Probably least like to see Joe do it. Oh, you dick. <laughs> Wow, you did not see that one coming. I did not see that one coming. Um, I think I would least like to see, what is it, Tom Lavero? <laughs> That's a really good answer. That's a good um, answer. Let's see. Yeah, I, I don't know, celebrities. I think, uh, I think I'd like to see Alex Ovechkin do it. I think that would That's be cool. That's a good one. Uh, Alex Ovechkin's a really good one. That was one that I saw earlier. Yeah. Uh, the the DC area celebrity we'd like to see most, uh, like we've seen it go around. And I don't know if there's a question about it later, but oh, we'll see. Oh. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, oh, you know who would be awesome? Who? I saw this earlier. Someone tweeted it. I wish I could give credit. Dave Grohl. Oh, uh, I did see that. I don't remember who it was. That was really good. It might have really been uh, at MDDC. It might have been uh, Brendan. Might have been. Uh, would love to see Dave Grohl. That would be that amazing would be really good because good he's the coolest person in the world. That is, that is accurate. Uh, yeah, that's a good one. That's a, that's a really good one. Uh, Joe Eisenman asks, uh, I think the, oh, <laughs> this was so, great. Hold on, hold on, hold on. We just had a question from a Craig and now we have a question from a Joe. I know with a fang in between. Wow. Yeah. <clears throat> Things are getting meta. But Joe brought up, which I thought was incredibly good awareness. On we had most of the same names on our on our predictions, and our spell check red underlines were different. <laughs> so how does that happen? I want to know Apple. I want to know these things. Oh, and Beth Beth says Ledecky again. That's a really good one. That's really good. I lo- I like the idea of Katie Ledecky doing the thing again. That's good. I had a good tweet about Katie Ledecky once. Yeah. Oh, back in the day. Uh, Emily says, uh, not a question, but, uh, but she is really proud of how the Nats welcomed the Marlins last week, and Harper seemed to be the official hugger, which is really awesome. I, we obviously agree. We talked about this at some length last week, but um, it's good to see that the you know, Nationals fans did kind of what I would expect them to do, and the players as well, in a, in a, in a very tough situation. Yes, I really, really liked uh, that the um, the scoreboard uh, had the Fernandez jersey, uh, the Fernandez sixteen, instead of the Marlins logo on there. I re- I thought that was a really nice touch. Yeah, very, uh, very from the Nationals with with the organization in general. Yeah, very I thought, uh, uh, and uh, um, should be noted the Diamondbacks leaving a message on the whiteboard really for the Marlins. Cool. Really, really awesome. Like the Diamondbacks really, really knowing cool. that the Marlins are coming to DC and leaving a note on their whiteboard, really cool. And and specifically calling out the D Gordon home run, like it was a personal message that was really cool. Yeah, so uh, definitely D Gordon home run, best of the year, yeah. wonderful. Yeah, very wonderful awesome. moment. Very awesome. A uh, couple of a few questions here from Guzman. Uh, 
he, he says he threw a Geo jersey in his bag just in case he goes on game two. Think that might happen if the Nats win game one? It's possible. And I think it's definitely possible. So I'll, I'll, I will say the Nationals have announced uh, in, their, in their press mailing this afternoon, the game two pitcher will speak to media at 1245 on Friday before game one. So looks like that decision will be made before the result of game one happens. Huh. So we will, they're not saying who it is, but maybe we will know when he shows up to his press conference at 1245 on Friday. So Interesting. little note there. I wonder why the delay then. Uh, it, that makes it more curious, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, because it's not like they'd be waiting for a bullpen session or anything like or, that. Or to see who threw game, in, in game one, like how much bullpen did you use? I mean, right. Yeah, and interesting that they will release it before game one, but they won't release it now. Ah, uh, shenanigans. Indeed. Uh, I'm, just, I'm just hoping there's this, like... Boom, Stephen Strasburg moment. I know it's not going to happen. But. Well, I don't know if you uh, saw earlier, uh, the Nationals do be- believe that he might be ready for the CS should the Nationals get there. I did see that. He's got to throw off a mound real soon, though, if he's going to do that. Which is which is what you and I both, uh, what did we, not project, but we speculated upon. Yes, that the CS would be the time we would see Strasburg yes. if we did. Indeed. Indeed. Uh, two more from, uh, oh, nope, three more from Guzman. Uh, yes. if you could pick any three national announcers to call a Nats, call the Nats game, who, uh, play by play, color and field, who you got? This is probably my favorite question of the week. This is the easiest question I've ever answered on this podcast ever. Okay, go ahead. Vin Scully, yep. Vin Scully, and Vin Scully. <laughs> nice. Okay. I like it. Uh, play by play, obviously Vin Scully, uh, Color, also Vin Scully. Uh, field, Dan Colco. Nice. I think uh, Dan Colco's great at that job. Here we go. Uh, okay, Vin Scully yeah. for both. Uh, and then me, nice. sideline reporter. <laughs> nice, you're, you're bringing yourself into the fold here. Like I'm it. bringing myself in because I can do that. And I would bring it down, but it would still be the best broadcast ever because it's got Vin Scully. Yep. Uh, <laughs> awesome. Uh do you think the Nats, especially Trey, being uh, aggressive... Uh, I'm sorry. Do you see the Nats, especially Trey, being aggressive on the base paths? Think it's a good idea versus good pitching. I very much agree. You have to you have to move base runners in a way against pitchers like Kershaw and Rich Hill that are not uh, via hits. <laughs> so, Rich Hill is not a hard thrower. Yeah, that that's also a good point. It'll be it'll it will be harder to run on Kershaw being a lefty and a hard thrower. Um and one thing I, I forgot to mention earlier that I wanted to bring up, Clayton Kershaw apparently tr- is working on a sidearm fastball that he can throw at 96 miles an hour. So, that's just what Clayton Kershaw needed was another arm angle at upper 90s velocity. I don't think he would debut that in a playoff game. Uh, I think he's going to I don't think he would because he's already got such a stigma to him. And a about... playoff thing in his head maybe a little bit. Well, I think if he tries to debut something that's not super polished and it doesn't work, it'll just be, oh my gosh, he's tinkering in the playoffs. Man, it's really in his head. Yeah, that's a good point. Good point. Dave Roberts um, brought it up before uh, during the presser on, uh, on Thursday, so it'll be interesting to see how that works out. I mean, if it's perfect, 
um, which you don't practice during the season. No, yeah. That's, yeah. that's a spring training thing. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, so that might be, just be something just to get in the Nationals' head and in Joe's head. Nice. Um, but anyway, uh, do I think Trey Turner is going to be aggressive? Absolutely. He had, what, 31 stolen bases in 74 games? Something stupid oh, like that. God, he is so awesome. absolutely going to be aggressive. He's going to steal bases because with good pitchers, if you get on base, you need to steal bases because you're not going to get many opportunities to be on base. Exactly. So you need to take advantage. Exactly. And when you have someone who has um, uh, a stolen base percentage as good as he does, which is I can't do math that quickly in my head, but somewhere around 91%. Uh, yeah, you need to take advantage. Yeah, and take some risks, too. So, yeah, absolutely, he's going to be aggressive, and he should be aggressive. Yep. And I think a lot of the Nationals should be aggressive. I think uh, one of the sneakiest base stealers the Nationals have is Jason, Jason Worth. Worth, no doubt. I think he should steal some bases. No doubt. I think uh, if Ben Revere gets playing time, he should steal some bases. Yeah. Uh, we talked about Defoe earlier. He should steal some bases. Yep. Danny Espinosa, he's got some wheels. Yep. Uh, Rendon, he's sneaky. Yep. So, um, I think, uh, I think there's some real opportunity there. And I think that's a definite way the Nationals can, uh, take advantage of Dave Roberts, who is a new manager, yeah, uh, who might point. not be actually looking for that kind of thing, uh, who might not be game planning for it. So I think the Nationals need to be aggressive. And I think they need to take it to the Dodgers in every way possible because base runners are sacred. Yeah. Yeah. Especially with that kind of pitching. Good point. And the final question from Guzman. Uh, on a scale of 0 to 2009 Phillies, how obnoxious will the Dodgers fans at Nats Park be in this series? Um, wow. Um, I don't think they're going to be bad because I think they're going to be drowned out by amazing Nationals fans. Good answer. Uh, Feng says, do you consider the wild card as it stands now part of the playoffs? We definitely hit that at the top. Of the oh, show. yeah. Uh, Jacko Beam asks, hey! should we even bother watching the Nats Dodgers series? Yes, you yes. should. It's going to be fun. I'm going to be on the television. Nice. Yes, indeed. Uh, NatFan9 Jonathan wants to know, uh, who should throw out the first pitch tomorrow being uh, Friday for game one, and why is the answer Wilson Ramos? Um, if Wilson Ramos throws out the first pitch, place is going to go bonkers. It, man, man, I want it so bad. <laughs> I want it so bad. Um, Seriously? Like, it's going to be like, I don't know, who could be like the coolest person ever to throw out a first pitch? I don't even know. Yeah. Like, I'm trying to think. Like Walter Johnson, like the ghost that of would Walter be cool. Johnson, could that come would be out cool. yeah, and like would be cool. hover <laughs> and like throw a pitch, and Joe would be like, oh, "Man, it wasn't Ramos." Yeah, man. Ramos. Like at this point, it honestly feels a little like it has to be Wilson Ramos with like the. It, it's turned into a bit of a movement at this point, and the thing about the. Late this year and well, really all year, and especially in the postseason, the Nationals PR people have done an incredible job, and it feels and they've especially done a very good job of listening to things. So I, I feel like there's a chance it actually happens. Yeah, like I feel like there's a chance. Um, 
if I, outside of the organ the current organization, I, I, Chad Cordero would be cool. Cordero would be cool. Yeah. Uh, it seems like they're going with uh, organizational people. Um, yeah. Obviously, Levon Hernandez was going to throw out the first pitch, yeah, which would have been awesome. Uh, Hurricane Matthew uh, put a massive hitch into that plan. Speaking of which, if we have any listeners in the uh, at, on the Atlantic coast, anywhere from Miami to, Charleston. we're just going to say the outer banks. Yeah. Right. Get the hell out. Yeah. Now go, go West, just please drive, go West young man. Yeah. Just drive, just go do West and just get in your car. Just go. Yes. Please. Just please go Be now Be fast. Smart. Cause this is not a joke. Yes. Um, anyway, um, yeah. So, I think uh, a former player would be cool. I think the choice for game two is stupid. <laughs> oh, hot take. It's um, stupid. I So people are, are it, I'm looking at you, Beth, giving us a hard time about missing the national part of uh, of Guzman's announcer question. Hey, I'm not reading the questions. Don't blame I, me. I, I said announcer, uh, uh, national. I read see, it. See, 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 see. However... I don't care because Vince Scully used to do national broadcasts. He just doesn't anymore, and I think it still stands. Now, my Col- say, I've got I no say, defense for my Colco answer, though. Can I say John Miller? Nice. That's a good one. But also not anymore. John Miller. Not anymore, though. He's, well, I, that's why I asked. Uh, John Miller is a, a very good answer. I love John Miller. John Miller is Because he used to. John Miller is fantastic. Yes, he was the ESPN guy for a long time. Yeah. Uh, all right. Michelle is asking, who will be the random guy on the Nats? That has the next eleven wins of his life. Um, I, I I have a I know my answer. Go ahead, Trey Turner. Trey Turner. Yeah. Wow. I, of I, his life, you think? Really? I think he's doing it. I think he's going to light the team on fire. I think he's going to be what the Nationals wanted from Denard Span, and I think I think he's going to be the guy. I okay, think. so let's be clear of of his life. What's your definition of of so? I'm looking at this as eleven games of like the the guy that drives the team. Okay. Now, when I see of his life, you're thinking about based on his career. Yeah. Okay. What's your answer? Uh, I think it's going to be like Danny Espinosa. That's a good answer. Yeah. That's. I I see it's someone like who's a good like maybe bit player who has a blow up that is unreal yeah like when you think of danny espinoza danny espinoza on a national scale like when you think about things he's done that have garnered real real attention you think of a couple sparkling defensive plays you think of the beard but really you think of his opening weekend in baseball where he got like what six rbi in his first game and Something like he had a crazy first two games or something. That's what you think about. Right. Like, I think Danny Espinosa has got to be the guy that has the kind of period that, like, when you think back, it's like Danny Espinosa. Oh, yeah, I remember the 2016 Nationals playoffs where he just came out of nowhere and dominated. And then you look at his career, you look at his baseball reference page, and you're like, oh, dang. Right. He was like really good for a while yeah uh, okay when you look at it for the for that perspective on that specific player's career you're probably right it has to be something like espinosa severino um 
who who else on the team could it be? Defoe, if he plays a little bit, I don't know. Like, it, it, it's a smaller sample of players if you look at it from that. Yeah, it's a it's a tough it's a tough qualifier because yeah. I mean, it's not going to be Harper, it's not going to be no. Worth, it's not going to yes. be Zimmerman, it's yeah. not going to be Rendon. Zimmerman's already had his, right? That's been and they were really good, um, right? A lot of those guys have too. Uh, yeah, good question. Uh, Fang asks, where do we stand on Buck Showalter and his decision-making in the wildcard game? Unbelievable. Yeah, it, it's it's one of the worst post-season, post-season decisions ever. It's, it's, it's mind-boggling. Bad. Staggeringly bad. Uh, not In an elimination game, you left your best pitcher unpitched. You left the best... The, the, the person who had the best relief pitching season in the history of baseball and didn't use him didn't use him in an extra innings game yep pretty bad it, it's unbelievable pretty I, bad he should be fired yeah you called for his job i know that i if i were an orioles fan oh oh man yeah like, i just i can't i can't believe it yeah. so pretty bad pretty bad uh michelle wants to know what beverage what beverages we will be having this week uh, I'm going to be drinking Fireball um, because I need it. Hard pass. I need it at Hard the game pass. because I'm going to be a ball of anxiety. Hard pass. I need it. I'm anxiety. I will be working games one and two. So uh, water. Maybe a beer or two. M- maybe a soda. Yeah, maybe maybe a pop. As maybe, a, maybe a Powerade. Yes. Uh, but it, but may, maybe a beer or two. We will see how it goes. Uh, uh, some some fang questions in a row here. Do you think Dusty will be elected to the Hall of, Fa- Hall of Fame before Frank Robinson? Frank Robinson's in the Hall of Fame already. Exactly. <laughs> Do you believe that? So, no. <laughs> yes. It would kind of... What do you think about the space-time continuum? I, I am a big Doctor Who fan. Nice. I, I know you are. Uh, do you believe that uh, Fro, Anthony Rendon, sported the last regular season game to be his real hair? I do. I don't think it was fake. Yeah, I think it was his real hair, man. It was. I think it was attached to his head. I do think it was attached to his head. Uh, what kind of impact do we think Trey will have in the playoffs? A lot. A big one. Uh, are we considering on-location podcasts during the playoffs, which is a lead very much to this point? Thank you, Fang. Uh, so we talked about last week how we're going to be working to uh, do podcasts directly after each postseason game with us going to the first home game, uh, first two home games. Um, it will be very difficult to get a show recorded at the stadium or to have a show up immediately afterwards. So our goal will be uh, to have a show out by early, by, you know, by the next morning, let's say. Um it will be. We will try to record them the night of, but uh, with ballpark internet as it is, and um, being able to try to record and not having professional recording equipment that is mobile, it will be very difficult um, to get a recording while we're at the ballpark. Unfortunately, uh, we don't have fancy lines that we can plug into our major studios. I do the whole thing on my laptop, so uh, we will work to get stuff. But we do still plan to do a show. After every game, it just might not be immediately after or particularly the night of, but it will be before the next game. Right. The uh, um, 
late. I'm guessing it's going to be Monday, Tuesday, games three and four, depending on how generous MLB is with times. Correct. We'll see. Correct. Agreed. Um, and then uh, I, I, I did see in the mentions, uh, Beth from the from the national writers wanted a Jess Mendoza shout out. Should have been there. That's my bad. Well, here's the thing. She's very good. She's very good. She's not there yet. She, I agree, but I would love to see her get into that kind of environment. She will be. Yes. And I, I encourage everyone to listen to Jonah Carey's podcast with Dan Shulman yeah. from the past week. Uh, they discussed Jess Mendoza at length. Uh, one of the problems with Jess Mendoza is she has not had the luxury of experience yet. She right. has gone from nothing to she has gone from what I, I don't even know where she was broadcasting before she doing was, ESPN. She was doing um, college college softball. I know for a while. Um, yeah, well, yeah, I know that, but straight to essentially uh, Sunday night baseball. Like she didn't have the luxury of uh, going up the ladder like a lot of people, so she's kind of been thrown into the fire like a, a lot of women in sports uh, have. Um, so she still has a lot of kinks she's working out. She's fantastic for where she is right now. She's still working on it, and she is doing phenomenally well, and she will absolutely be there. Yep. But she would be the very first person to tell you she's got things to work on. And if you listen to this Dan Shulman interview with Jonah Carey, uh, they actually talk about that. Interesting. I will um, check that out. I haven't listened to it yet. But she's fantastic. She's not there yet. She will be Fair enough. soon. She's not there yet. Uh, a worthy honorable mention at the least. Absolutely. Uh, Feng wants to know, if we have any rally rituals, what they are, rally cap, funny sitting position, offerings of food of wine to strange deities. Do I have any rituals? Yeah, rally, I don't have any rally rituals. Wally rituals. It's called drink, so it doesn't hurt as much. Oh, jeez. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't have any. I don't have anything like that. Uh, rally ritual like. Um, uh, I, I did. I did turn in my good luck charm. Nice. Which was uh, a, a 2009 get your red on rally towel. That's a good one. That's an old one. Yeah, it was an old school one. Old, old. old. And I got a nice uh, postseason hat. Nice. Nice. Yeah, nice, uh, nice postseason snack back hat. In, enjoy it, postseason. Uh, so uh, I was going to ask you this on the air: What should I wear tomorrow? Something red, apparently. I know I should. I don't know what to wear red. So I have two red nationals things, which are uh, Steven Strasberg jersey. Yep, I got one of them. And a Termel sledge jersey. <laughs> don't wear that. <laughs> Where where this? Uh, I don't think there's a win there. I know. Yeah, I don't know if you could wear the Strasburg one either, to be honest. I know. Yeah, that's tough. So I'm thinking in, in play, play runs. runs. That's I. So I I'm trying to decide how how I want to go about my my wearing. I don't have anything red that I can wear that doesn't have a Nationals logo on it. So I'm struggling with that decision at the moment. Um, but I think you got to do in play runs. I think I have to red, as well. with with a red cap. Yeah, well, the thing is, I have this nice postseason hat that is black and red. Mm. 
that would match beautifully with the in-play runs. Well, I think that's the answer then. Because but we need I, to put some runs in the play. I feel like I should wear something red. Yeah, that's tough. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to wear my my uh, my uh, block letter Nats pullover that is red. My nice. windbreaker. That is going to be my, my red that I shove in my bag. For when I so I'm thinking I'll go like long sleeve white undershirt. Nice. And then the in-play runs. Because I think it might get a little chilly. Yeah, I think so too. Especially later in the game once the sun sets. It'll get a little chilly. Speaking of, I was at uh, game 162. And the first thing that happened when I got into the ballpark was someone came up to me and said... I was wearing my in-play run shirt. And someone came up to me and said, Oh man, that shirt's awesome. So again, kudos to Craig for making that shirt. Because people love it. Love it, love it. Kudos to Frank for the idea that I stole. Kudos to Frank for the idea that Craig stole. <laughs> there you go. I didn't realize that. Wait, awesome. I don't know if I stole the idea or that. Yeah, I probably stole it. But yeah, whatever. it's fine. It's fine. We love Frank. Uh, the last question we have of the week is uh, is from Jonathan Nat Van Nine. What is your opinion on the Nats playoff crowd atmosphere and that we're considered quieter than most? Um, good, I don't good know. I don't know how you can compare. I really, I really don't. I don't understand this kind of thing. I never have gotten the, oh, this crowd's louder than this crowd. Um, stadiums are built differently. Uh, there's so much that goes into acoustics. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't understand how you can make that comparison without a decibel meter and testing. And I just, I think it's silly. I think it's just, uh, Bitching for the sake of bitching. I know there's already a Washington Post piece about the doom and gloom of Washington sports fans. and It's just unnecessary and stupid. Just go out there and make some noise and have fun. And as we discussed earlier this season, root for your team how you want to root for your team. And if you want to chew your fingernails instead of yell, chew your fingernails instead of yell. Yeah. Do that. I. Max Scherzer kind of added his own little piece of fire to the flame a little bit, saying, you know, I'm a pitcher who pitches on, adre- pitches on adrenaline, and I hope that the ballpark's going crazy. And of course he wants that. Why wouldn't he want that? But I, um, it's back to what you said uh, w- with my rant early in the year. I don't, don't tell a fan how to be a fan. Don't qualify why your fandom is better or this fandom is better. Yeah, yeah. The atmosphere on Wednesday night at City Field was awesome. I will not pretend like that was not true. The at- well, until until the home the Gillespie home run, but up until then it was awesome. Um, I except for the fan that threw a can of beer. Yeah, well, that wasn't Wednesday. That was Tuesday. Oh, wrong. Right, game. wrong game. I know what game is what game, but it really it bothers me when people knock a fan base because they're not being a fan right you don't have the right to do that and that it just i i hate it like yeah it would be great if everybody stood up the entire time and was super loud and that was the way that it happened and maybe that will happen this series maybe i think it's won't. gonna be i think it's gonna be loud af i think it's tomorrow. gonna be very loud um and i think it's back to also this this is a new baseball team it is a we are talking about a uh, a team that did not exist in this area 12 years ago. So a little bit of slack 
and allow fans to get into their fandom how they choose to do so. The rest is stupid. Nice. Stupid. I, I, I think it really bothers me. I think tomorrow's going to be amazing. Yeah, I think it is too. I think the I crowd's going to be awesome. It's the third third postseason in six years. I think it's going to be awesome. Five years. It's going to five be years. Awesome. Yes, five years. It's going to be great. Yeah, I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be amazing. I think uh, Scherzer on the mound is going to make a huge difference. I think the. I think his energy is going to give the fans energy. I think he's going to come out throwing gasoline, strike out the first batter, and everyone's just going to be lit immediately. Yeah, I hope you're right. I think it's going to be I think it's going to be something we haven't seen before. I think it's going to rival uh Steven Strasburg's debut in terms of energy. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. I, I think, think it's going to be incredible. I think Scherzer's going to strike out the first batter, everyone's going to go nuts. I think Trey Turner's going to come out, he's going to slap a single He's going to steal second base, and then he's going to score in the first inning and not going to turn back. It's going to be – it's going to just be a nonstop adrenaline rush for the first game, and it's going to be awesome. Yeah, and I can't wait to experience it. Cannot wait. Well, uh, if you're listening to this episode not in the live version, you're probably listening to this uh, on the way to the ballpark for game one or uh, preparing for game one in some way or quite maybe after game one, but – uh, enjoy postseason baseball. That's the one thing I want to say. Uh, we have been lucky enough in DC to experience postseason baseball for three of the last five years, as we just said. There are not cities in the country that really get that. It is really rare. It is uh, something that you should not take for granted because you know how bad it feels in 2013 and 15 to not be there and still have really good teams that didn't make it. So um, have a lot of fun in this series. And uh, be a fan how you want and enjoy some Major League Baseball postseason in Washington, D.C. for a couple of games. I will see you at the park on Friday. We will be there. We hope you are, too. Uh, Thanks for listening to episode 137 of Nats Talk on the Go. And we will see you guys and talk to you guys after game one of the National League Division Series. For listening to Nats Talk on the Go. For more information, check us out at NatsTalkOnTheGo.com. To become a supporting member of the podcast, click on the special ops link at the top of the page or head right to NatsTalkOnTheGo.com slash special ops. You can contact the guys at NatsTalkOnTheGo on Twitter or send them an email at podcast at NatsTalkOnTheGo.com. If you like what you heard, take a minute to review the podcast on iTunes and help us spread the word. See you next time. Let's go Nats.